Welcome back, everybody, to episode two. This feels extremely weird because we still haven't released episode one yet. Nevertheless, let's get into introductions. I'm your host, Bryce. This is Mason. And Andy. And uh, we have an exciting episode two laid out for you guys today. Uh, We're back at it with the segmented type podcast feel. As we uh, talked about last episode that you guys haven't heard yet in the time that we're recording this, but by the time you hear this, we'll have, you will have had heard about this format idea. So, um, yeah, we got an exciting agenda today. Um, but before we get into that, um, Andy, Mason, what's up? What's happened in the last week? I'll let Mason go first with this one. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, as we talked about last episode, which again is weird because hasn't been out yet, but we did indeed graduate, um, and I am included in the we of the group. So with that, uh, I got to take a break um, off from school, transitioning into my new job that I'm starting here. Um, But the past week, I've just been at home in between moving into my new apartment um, before my job starts after Memorial Day. So got to spend some time back in the the, uh, town where we grew up and spend some time with yours truly on the podcast here went to breakfast with those guys and just got to yeah just wind down a little bit so i was really appreciative of that yeah and you you forgot to mention that we had a legendary basketball matchup between some of the youth of the town um (laughs) we did solidify or more more like mason did solidify his number one point score for our hometown um spot and uh led us to victory over everybody i think we had we had a close game the first game and then the second game was like basically watching the falcons play the patriots in the super bowl so (laughs) sure i don't know if i scored the most first half they did they did on the one of the games they did yeah uh, we were down down five at half yeah and we we won by two that game but the second game it was we were toying with them for that last point yeah yeah don't mess around. Mm-mm. You reach. I teach. Yeah. Andy? Well, it's it's been a pretty big week for me. Um, last Saturday, I moved out of our hometown of about 3,000 people, and I am now living in a big city of about 1.5 million people, so that's been quite the shift. Um, and it's, you know, just been a lot of time getting settled in, we had a cookout on Sunday for Memorial Day weekend, and um, I'm really just trying to find out where everything is, trying to like figure out how many different roads I have to take to get to Walmart so I can get my food and uh, stuff like that. But we're getting there. Sounds like exciting, adventurous. I'm Usually when I move into a new city, it's I don't really like to take the time to do that. I just kind of, when I need groceries, I end up, putting on the GPS and then hoping the best that I make it there and back safely. <laughs> Say a quick prayer and hope that all goes well. <laughs> <laughs> really exciting news. Um, originally I had uh, laid out for today. We were going to do a sub reacts for a couple different topics. I think I had um, the debt ceiling crisis or crisis in quotes in the United States um, that was recently resolved 
but when I woke up this morning, I in on my phone, it said from Apple News, the headline was that Neuralink um, received FDA approval for um, human trials, um, which is quite exciting. For those of you who don't know what Neuralink is, um, just to give it a like a really general brief description, um, essentially what it is, is um, a company owned by none other than Elon Musk. Um, and for those of you who don't know who Elon Musk is, most probably most famously known owning Tesla, um, being the founder of that, um, but also is, I think JetBlue is one of it. No, that's, that's um, Amazon. He's SpaceX. Um, what's the, SpaceX, that's what it is. Yep. And then just most recently buying Twitter and all that fiasco. Um, but he also has this brain implant firm called Neuralink. And essentially what it is, is it a, it's a computerized chip that's supposed to connect us with our digital world and our electronic world um, with having health benefits um, as well as everyday use applications, I believe. Um, if, is, am I missing anything from you guys' knowledge of the, the just the general scope of things? Oh, that's pretty much it, although I think you get it wrong. I think this is way more scary than exciting. <laughs> oh, glad I'm on Andy's side. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I, think it's, I think it's just exciting that there's something other than daunting news about our government and daunting news about just random, like, same problems we've been facing forever, but, like, now it's, like... Oh, we have chat GPT or chat GPT arising and AI and mainstreaming or starting to mainstream AI to the point that Google's now looking to integrate it into their search engine. Now we're into something that meets bio biology with technology a little bit more closer to home. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely nice to talk about something else. But at the same time, this this scares the crap out of me. Well, let's dive into that further. What what what, what what's scary about it? What do you what do you what 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 peels the what triggers the sympathetic nervous system? Yeah, so I, there are obviously a couple of things. I, in general, would say I am more old-fashioned in that I think people have lost a lot of things just by simply relying on technology, and I think something like Neuralink would accelerate that far, far, far beyond. Uh, anything else we've seen before. But I think secondly, and, and maybe more importantly, is um, this brings up a really fundamental question of who do you trust, right? Because there are a lot of ways in which Neuralink could go wrong in the hands of a bad actor, whether that bad actor is someone you know, someone you don't know, your doctor, and AI takes over it. Like, I... <laughs> There are just so many ways that I can see this going wrong that I don't ever want to touch it. Mason? Yeah, I agree, obviously, with Andy. I mentioned that already. Um, not to elaborate on too many points, but I'm not typically a fan of the idea of implanting different technological devices into the human body. Um, of course, it's this isn't having to do with anything with like surgeries and medical procedures for that matter. Um, but in terms of kind of the revolutionary idea that is brought forth by this, um, obviously, we haven't seen this before. Um, and so in that case, I guess there's no studies positively or negatively on that. Um, just from a general idea of 
at least the basic concept that Andy had outlined and that you outlined in the beginning. Obviously, I'm very highly skeptical about that. I just want to give a little bit of uh, hope um, in, a, in a light. And the only reason why is because where for me it gets scary is if we integrate this technology connected to internet um, as opposed to just making it a flat just hardware device so in a sense of and what i mean by that in a, in a sense of if we integrate the internet into it yes it becomes a lot you, be, you you end up starting to think about a lot more factors about how does this affect you know hackers and involving another set of parties but um the argument for without it being connected to the internet is it could um this one article i'm reading up on like talks about working on brain abnormalities causing different things such as like autism obesity depression schizophrenia so like more psychological and um, neuro-linked diseases and having it work sort of like what you would find a pacemaker in somebody's body or i mean there's a lot of external different like pumps and stuff that people use as well and so if i think about it that way it's it, it, it it, it gives a little bit more peace, but then once we start adding that internet element, it just kind of sheds a light into something different, if that makes sense. Um, it just becomes a lot scarier for me when it's integrated into the internet. Yeah, so let's talk about, like, take away the internet integration piece, and I think you bring up some really good points, is this could be used for some very incredible and life-altering things. I won't deny that. My problem comes in, um, again, more with my second question is, who do you trust, right? Because someone ultimately will have to be controlling that neural link or will have to have access to control it, like your doctor or your healthcare power of attorney if it comes to that, right? And so having access to a pacemaker, something that is simply keeping your heart going, I think is very, very different from someone having access to something that stimulates your brain in different ways and can make you do things that are not you. Yeah, that's, no, that's, as you were building up to that, I realized where that, you know, that scares me a lot more too, too, because it's like, you think about administering a pacemaker nobody wants to make the decision between life and death right and that's the basis of a lot of things but when you integrate it into the brain you don't have to kill somebody to control their brain um and so there's a lot more control that becomes it in. and then there's a lot more room for things to be no longer helpful anymore so yeah no i i i definitely see that for sure yeah so i see this as like Oh, go ahead, Andy. Oh, I was just going to say, for all those reasons, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, with the progression of technology that we're seeing, I think you alluded to it a little bit, Andy, is like, how far down this rabbit hole of constant technological advances do we need? I mean, it was just the other day that people were worried and concerned about the 5G, you know, involvement in the cell phone and whether or not that's a legit concern. That's already left in the past when we're talking about stuff that's literally going into the human body. Um, I think the the pacemaker is a is a great way to look at this, Andy. It's it's the difference between you know using tools and resources that we have created to stimulate us from the outside versus the inside. Um, you can look at it from the perspective of like how to stimulate mental activity and being able to control that from the inside versus other influences. Obviously, you can say 
there's a difference between the reason why we permit or prohibit um, legally wise the use of some drugs. Um, intoxication with alcohol or other stimulants like that is heavily regulated in some cases when it comes to dangerous levels. And yet here we are with subside or like surrendering control of our bodies in some sense, allowing this new neural link to get into our bodies. Um, again, the studies over time are going to reflect how effective it is. But initially, I think that encapsulates a lot of people's concerns. That's definitely my biggest concern. Yeah. And I, I want to be really clear here. I am not insinuating in any way that the people developing this have bad intentions. Um, I agree. I think Agreed. that it's very likely that they have good intentions at the and that they do want to help people. But being the pessimist that I am, I can see so many ways that this goes wrong, and that scares me. And, you know, there's the old saying, the path to hell is paved with good intentions, right? You, you're trying to do something great, but you, in many cases, will end up giving tools to other people that allow them to completely destroy people. Yeah, no, this is, this is totally true, um, and it, it sucks. It sucks. It's the reality. And I think that's encapsulated with um, more of just where society goes and the tailor of, and I don't want to get too like theological or philosophical about it at all, but. All right. I think next up, we've got a really brand new segment coming from our main man, Bryce. Um, this is an idea. I don't remember if it was you or Mason that came up with it, but um, it was uh, it's called Bryce's Biology Buzz, um, and essentially the basis of it is I have five minutes to launch into a topic. Um, it can be either real or fake, and it has to be biology-related. Um, and then Mason and Andy, using their minds collectively, um, have to deliberate, deliberate on the reality of it. And so to give a little bit of background on Mason and Andy's knowledge of these things, Andy's a very much science person, but more of the... I would say non-living part of things. So more of the chemical side. Um, you do you do a little bit more. You do you do organic chemistry, right? Technically, but it's like yeah, it's not a lot of bio. Yeah, I mean we do like, orgo and stuff, but that's only for like synthesis of organic products. So it's not yeah. like we're dealing with stuff in life necessarily. We're just dealing with molecules that have carbon in them. And then Mason. I took science classes in high school. Yeah, he took <laughs> science classes in high school. He might might work for a a place temporarily that sells stuff. I don't know. <laughs> but that's yeah. That's not to say I don't care about science. I don't dismiss science, of course. But Mason does have a strong history and knowledge on dinosaurs. So true. There is relevance here. Yes. Um, oh boy. Yeah. And so I I have given and. The also another thing to add, caveat onto this is you guys are given three collective questions to after the presentation to probe to see if it's fake or if it's real. Um, I will say that either way, if it's real or fake, I probably won't have a lot of information on it. So uh, choose your questions wisely. Um, and so, yeah, uh, without further ado, are you guys you guys ready? Do you have any questions off the? No, let's that? do it. All right. Um, okay, so there's a new organism called uh, K. Rostrium 
cauda. So it's just a bunch of like Latin, essentially. Um, you know how like genuses and spe- um, species are named, and it is claimed to have existed during the Triassic period, which is approximately 235 to 245 million years ago. The fossils of the species were found recently, uh, which is shocking because they have theorized it survived the Permian extinction. Um, And so how would they have found these fossils given this Permian extinction? Oh, I guess I should give a little bit background. The Permian extinction is an event where something happened kind of like resembling what we are theorizing global warming ends up being. So high um, concentrations of um, greenhouse gases and warming of the earth and essentially killed off 95 percent of aquatic life and so they were able to stay conserved um through what they theorized are a couple different um things and so uh belong so just go diving into the phylogeny um they come from the kingdom animalia um the phylum chordata class actinopterygii um the order perlead formes uh family perlead um which is so if you look at their class um it's a classification of the ray fin fishes of that time period and so um the unique ability for it to be ray finned uh supposedly had some of this uh, ecological resilience or like allowed it to have a more broad um dietary range because of the accessibility and like being able to move towards it um and as well as like reproductive strategies so having ray fins became i don't know something to do with maybe color or something i don't know and then let's see here it has by might have had a some sort of specialized ecological niche um, that allowed it to thrive post-extinction as well so not only sustaining in that five percent of um, aquatic life oh i forgot to mention it's an aquatic animal um, not not only is it able to survive in that 5%, but it was also able to proliferate after as well, successfully. Um, and <clears throat> let's see here. What else do I have written down here? So the, the reason why this becomes significant is because it survived that Permian extinction. And it also t- helps us to um, look at studying how we could survive in a, a climate that grows more dense and kind of like warm um warmer and like try to avoid the effects of global warming if they come to us like how do we survive as a species or is an existing species wow i can't find my words and um and then i just wanted to toss in there um because one of the articles i read uh had said this is a fascinating fascinating testament to the power of adaption and resilience in the face of extreme adversity so if you guys can learn anything from this c circadiata species is that you never gonna let you down never gonna give up or however that song goes yeah all right that's i don't know if i went over for my five minutes or under but that's basically oh my goodness I will say, because it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, is that that was a horrible Rick Astley impression. <laughs> that was probably the worst I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I was trying to do a Rick roll uh, <laughs> while in my chair, but it didn't work. So oh, It's all right. Goodness. It's okay. 
It happens to us. All right. Mm-hmm. So, Mason, we have right. three questions total. I think I have one that might help. Go ahead. So, Bryce, my first question is, what does it eat? Uh, that's a good question. So, it is uh, aquatic autotroph. Um, and because of its um, smaller size, it's... It's around like 18, it was found to be like around 18 centimeters, um, which is like pretty small. I think that's, I'm trying to think of how big that is. It's like six to seven inches, six to eight inches, right? If yeah, I'm it's, not like, cr- it's like seven mistaken. inches. Um, yeah, seven inches. Um, it was predominantly feeding on anything that was aquatic born, and I, I honestly don't know um, what was just an aquatic autotroph. I'd assume some sort of algae species was living back then. Um, I mean, there is, uh, when I was reading up on it, it was talking about how there was a another species um, that had, that had like also survived the Permian extinction um, and then like flourished in coral systems. And coral, when like the coral reef started to emerge post Permian extinction, um, so that might be like in the ecosystems around that. I really don't know aquatic mm-hmm. life that well, but like I'm assuming something to do with that um, post Permian extinction. But I'm assuming through that sustainability is something to do with some aquatic autotroph such as algae that would probably be thriving in that some sort of environment. Okay, Mason, do you have a question? I don't remember if you recall saying where this species was found or Ooh, located that's a good question. yeah good question so um it was found near metanitos peros de agua in san marcos mexico um and so mm-hmm. to give this into perspective on where it would have been in pangea um it's on the pantholistic ocean side um so it's like uh, if you imagine pangea being like we'll do the good old wisconsin you know hand kind of thing Right, and just imagine that's Pangea. It's on the the left side of your hand. Okay. So it'd be what is that Same. nowadays? Um, the Pacific Ocean, right? Yeah, Pacific Ocean. The farthest west, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I got one more question. What what uh, temperature did the uh, Permian extinction period reach? That's a good question. I didn't look up too much on the Permian. Like, the, I didn't look too much up on the extinction event itself. So it was like just an added fact about it. Um, so, yeah, because the when I was reading up on that extinction event, because I, I it was like, you know how you like read articles every once in a while, and especially in scholarly articles, they'll mention an event for like ecological purposes. They'll like say like a significant event, but I don't know anything yeah. about that event. So I have to like Google it and essentially my Google search didn't like, I didn't do a quick, I didn't do in-depth Google search, but I just saw that it was like supposed to mimic like what we predict global warming will be. Yeah. What we think that was the best comparison it gave it to. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's more catastrophic than that though, because they did hint at like how this could help us survive during a global warming, like at fulfillment. Does that make sense? Like it's, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think what I ended up choosing for 
like looking into the Permian extinction event was it was it was an article that was more tailored to a general audience rather than like I don't know like a science audience if that okay. makes sense so like they're gonna make more literature based on comparisons like they I, I guess they could have given like it increases four degrees Celsius or like whatever that is in Fahrenheit but like me and you know that it's not that 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 as just a value doesn't sound like that big of change but like unless you're an ecologist that's a huge change right, you know what right. i mean makes sense so all right mason what are we thinking <laughs> oh gosh uh the reason i asked the location question is because now again i'm not as scientifically inept or more scientifically inept than you guys but considering that this is an aquatic species um the equator is still a big deal in the pangea pangea period is that correct yes okay so yeah, so i'm not really great not, prehistoric not allowed to answer go away <laughs> 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 so yeah so i'm thinking of like the sustainability of a life form in an aquatic environment around the equator during the the formation of the earth at that time Again, I'm not going to know nearly as much, but that's where I was thinking. So, Andy, if you want to build off of that. Okay, so. With your questions, I mean, go ahead. I mean, my first question about what it eats was just to see, because if Bryce gave us some stupid answer, then we'd know it could be wrong right away. But Bryce is smarter than that, so he <laughs> at least gave a very viable answer. And there are some very hearty food sources for uh aquatic autotrophs so um so that was possible and then my last question was just targeted at mm -hmm. like how high of a temperature can stuff actually be maintained so like if it was some crazy temperature i would have said no way but since we don't know i don't know i'm very inclined to believe that this is real so i do okay. i am too and i'm not just saying that because you said <laughs> first but literally that was my right, thought. So are we uh, locking in our final answers? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. All right, Bryce, final answer, true. So after a hour of making up this species, oh, no. I have fooled you. You gotta be kidding me. Yep, very well so done. You made up Latin names to fool us? What I did <laughs> is I found a Latin name generator, right? And uh, Oh, oh that's goodness. why. Uh, a, a species generator. Well, because e even if I give you a real like organism, I'm gonna tell you the genus and species name. Just that that's just part of my trade, right? Um, yeah. And so I used the generator and I looked at it and um, the K. rostrum circuada or whatever um, species is called the blue snout orange tail species. Um, <clears throat> if you know your uh, Latin or actually. You know what? Change that. I it's I don't even think that's accurate. The the generator compared to what I was doing, looking up the name for it later, didn't actually correlate. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, I generated basically what I had done is I was like, I want it to be in the Triassic period to give Mason some sort of help on like maybe poking <laughs> at his thing. But I knew he probably wouldn't understand aquatic organisms that well. That and then when so I true. when I developed my presentation using Chat GPT, I had uh, told it this is all the things I want my organism to be. I want you to help me 
generate the things that I'm forgetting, like basically just giving me a, give me in a presentation format, essentially, right? Um, and I had found there's a I, I had looked up what species had survived the Permian extinction. And so the phylogeny that I'd gotten to all the way to so kingdom, phylum, class, order, and family are all accurate to an organism, but the the genus and species are completely inaccurate. So um, I basically took the length of that species that had existed and added a couple centimeters and called it that. Um, had the facts about the Permian extinction, and I knew that if it had survived that just from the general idea of the extinction, it had to have been a, some sort of autotroph to have survived something like that, um, or like feeding on autotrophs, a sustainable energy source that would have lived before terrestrial animals. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of added all that information together and boom, and then I found a location. And if you guys knew a lot about that event, you would know that the other ocean is where most of the people or most of the things were uh, affected. So I kind of made it, I purposely made it so that like there was a little hint in there. There was a little gap that might give you a clue. Uh, but the Pan Panthaliastic Ocean was, I think they, I think there wasn't as many like ocean creatures or stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I just picked a random place in Mexico. Um, I think it ends up being like the little dogs of the sea, San Marcos, Mexico. So cool little place. There was no any sort of resort or anything there. So I hate this segment. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. more annoying when you take the time to explain every detail that you did to throw us <laughs> off. It's like trying to realize the fact that I, we weren't able to pick that up. Yeah. It's just irritating, but it's a healthy irritation. Yeah, no, I <laughs> had a lot of fun generating that. Now it's going to be on Andy's next uh, uh, our absurd annoyance. <laughs> why did I? Why did <laughs> we come up with this? Feeding segment? him content. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we have the subphrase of the week, and so it looks like both of you guys are in there. Um, and this one was. Uh, inspired because I fooled you guys. So, um, oh, very this, uh, salty this, wound. <laughs> this stuff phrase of the week is Caesar didn't actually live here, did he? Yes, he actually did. Um, he did not. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, um, this is a reference to a pop culture movie of, I'm pretty sure, just the United States, but. Um, it's called a The Hangover. Um, it's not a PG-friendly movie, so I do not recommend for to those of you who are younger in the audience to watch it. Maybe watch it when you're older, um, or those of you that are in an older audience. Um, this is a really funny movie, and you should probably watch it. But um, essentially what happens is um, Zach Galifianakis' character, Alan, comes into the Caesar Hotel in Las Vegas, and he asks the, what, what's the front desk person called, a clerk? Uh, I don't actually know what the name of the title is. Anyways, uh, asks him, Caesar didn't actually, you probably get this a lot, but Caesar didn't actually live here, did he? So, um, yeah, it was just, I, I just thought it was funny. I'm like, I'm looking through the book, and I was like, huh. I was just say, it's one of those random movie quotes that, like, 
isn't like one of the all time like top five iconic quotes from the movie per se, but it's just one of those like when good comedy movies do a great job of just throwing in little things to keep you entertained, even when there's not a big plot thing going on in the moment. Um, just to look back on that gives you humor. And this is definitely one of those instances. So I, I like the cleverness in picking this out. Bryce, I'm still, I'm still going on about it in my head. So. Yeah. Also, this is a quote that we as a group have used so much even if it doesn't make any sense at all. So it's a pretty classic one. <laughs> just randomly inserted in there. Just I don't know what else to say. So uh, he knows what I'm going to reference. That's going to get him to chuckle and lighten the mood. So <laughs> let's go ahead. The segment that I've heard the best feedback from last season was the smarter than segment is back, baby. And what better than some trivia against two of the world's smartest trivia players? That is objectively false. Can we play dumber (laughs) then? (laughs) (laughs) So this week is Are You Smarter Than the Sup Podcast Hosts, excluding myself. So last time it was Are You Smarter Than Sophomores in High School, Sophomore Girls in High School. This week it is Are You Smarter Than the Sup Podcasts? hosts who are now college graduates of bachelor degree yeah i hope you guys beat us because we are not that smart (laughs) i i yeah the fact that i let that go as a formal sentence kind of speaks to that (laughs) yeah so um if you guys uh remember from ranked up we had it basically laid out um where i had set of i think it was 15 questions yep and um i had five warm-up five medium four hard and one hardest um but i altered it just a little bit because we have two people here so we have five warm-up four medium four hard and one hardest and there will be special rules that i'll be giving at different phases to basically describe each round um and this is hopefully something i can develop with if we have multiple guests on um, and we can play with them in the future. So are you guys ready to get, are you ready to be smarter than I put this as ranked up instead of smarter than, wow, I must've been really tired. <laughs> like, I'm going to come up with a list right now to give me two minutes. <laughs> so are you guys ready? Sure. Let's, let's do it. All right. First question. What is one plus one? And you, you know, uh, twenty-one. <laughs> is that your final final guess? No, my final guess is two. All right, two. So, okay, sounds good. So you guys got the first question right. All right. Uh, second question: What color is the grass when it's healthy? Define healthy. Okay. What do you see <laughs> in the summer? I I, I, I thought about I thought about. Like what? Yeah, I wanted to make this question: What color is grass? But then I thought, well, these guys might overthink it, so I added there. when healthy. Yeah. So what do you see it right now? Hopefully. All right. Andy answered the last one. I'm going to go ahead and say green. What is green, Alex? All right. Perfect. You guys are two for two. All right. What number three? Ooh. What is the capital of the United States? Is it my turn now? 
I guess, yeah, if you want to do that that way. Washington, the District of Columbia. I did all that. All right. Yes, you guys are three for three. You guys are blowing up this warm-up section. All right, right about this time in the last podcast, we had the girls debating on whether there are 100 centimeters or 200 centimeters in a meter. So Mm. (laughs) you guys are doing great. Um, Americans. Number four, what is the opposite of yes? No. I concur. I was trying to think of a clever way to say that, but I don't think you're, I thought maybe you would be too strict on the answer. So we're just going to go with no. This is correct. And then for the final warm-up question, how many sides does a triangle have? Depends if it's a three-sided triangle or not. Yeah, we're going to go with three. Mason, are you agreeing with this? <laughs> I, I, yes, I am agreeing okay. that a triangle okay. is three sides. All right, you guys have passed the warm-up phase. Five out of five, congrats. So All does right. that mean we're as smart as, like, first graders? Yeah. Uh, no, that's just to warm up your guys' brains. I expect oh. people to get a five out of five. This is where it starts to get a little tougher. So, okay. the... Uh, or as we talk about the medium section. So this is uh, in where I'm going to have a targeted section for people that have, uh, that are playing in pairs. So um, what the layout of this section is, is going to be that I have designated questions for Mason and designated questions for Andy. And from medium to hardest, <clears throat> from medium to hardest, you can get hints. But your hints for the medium section is the knowledge of your partner. So your partner can come in and help you get to the Oh, game. I okay. see. Okay. So okay. I, de- I specifically designed these questions knowing that the other person should be able to help if the other person doesn't know the answer. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. So, All right. We'll go with that. Yeah. So the first question is targeted to Mason. What is the full name of the chemical NACL? Um, sodium chloride. That is correct. You guys got there we go, Mace. that one. Mm-hmm. Science Andy. classes in high school. <laughs> Andy, what is the most expensive sports card sold of all time? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I Hold have on. a guess, but I'm I'll, I'll take a hint. Time out. Time out. Are we talking just the athlete, or does he have to go, like, year, brand? What are we uh, doing You know here? what? If, if Andy gets the athlete, it'll be okay, but if he gets, if he needs the hint, I'm expecting all of it from you. He's like, oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> or uh, at least, so, like, good So, hold on. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wait, 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 go. Can I, can I just guess first and then take my hint if I get it wrong? Yes, yes. I'll give you one. Yeah, I'll give you one guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. My guess is Babe Ruth. No, it's boots. Incorrect. Okay. All right. So, player, year, brand. That's how we're doing it. Yep. Okay. Andy, this player is. You could tell him. You could tell him straight up if you need, if you want to. Well, th- doesn't that kind of yeah. lose the purpose no, of? No, no. Then it's this, this, the, the, the designation of this segment is that you guys aren't able to get all the points for it. Oh, so I can just answer yeah. for him. Yep, yep. So oh. you would get half a point for this problem, so that you wouldn't have gotten all the full points. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go answer. Okay. As of. It was either July or August of 2022. The answer is Mickey Mantle, 1952 tops. Jeez. Can you add any other specific to it? Um, PSA 10, population three. About the player. Um, rookie card. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Number 311. 
Yeah, I figured I figured you'd get that much. <laughs> okay, okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll I never you. would have gotten that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was... there was I thought there was potential, but I could be wrong. Okay. Literally, my second guess would have been like Michael Jordan. Not yeah. a bad guess. It's oh. it's if you see the card, Andy, you'll like understand why it's a pretty iconic card when it comes to like sports cards. I feel like I don't know when I saw it, I was like, oh, I've seen this card before. Um, Mason. Mm-hmm. What two gases are produced as a result of a combustion reaction? Oh, um, okay, Andy, are these gases? Whoa, 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 whoa. You whoa. can't. Uh, you, you, he 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 can't be used until you give up the hint. So you have a guess first, and then the oh, hint. I have a guess. Okay, yeah. so yeah. a combustion reaction causes two gas. Oh gosh, um, it has two products, and they're both gases. Um. Oh. Um. This is going to sound really stupid. Um, hydrogen and nitrogen. That's incorrect. Would you like to use Andy Hint for half the points? Obviously. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so so the hydrogen's not a bad guess, but mm-hmm. not everything that burns has nitrogen in it. So the answer is carbon dioxide and water vapor. Mm-hmm. This is correct. All right, good. Yeah, I, I, I thought... so. Uh, and just kind of give a little science nerdiness behind this. Um, when you burn things, that's your combustion reaction, really. Like burning, like if you think about wood or oil or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'll do my right. research. Andy. Oh boy. I'm. I'm gonna be honestly. I'd be really surprised. I might give you your half point back from your last question if you get this right. Uh, so this is worth one and a half points and. It's still only worth half a point if Mason gets it. But Andy, what does Eminem say in his first two-ish seconds of the fast portion of Rap God? I have a stretch of lyrics written down, and if you get super close, I'll give you the point. (laughs) (laughs) I know the answer, so let's just see what he gets. You assuming I'm a human. What I got to do to get it through to you, I'm superhuman. Dude, I had all that written down. That is one and a half points to Andy. Let's go. Yeah. Wow. From you had that rope. Almost you had it almost perfect. It, I I said you like if you got it super close I'll give you the point. You forgot the uh some lemma. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but you had everything else right. <laughs> wow, nice. I'm actually really impressed on that. Well done. So well clutch. done. That was clutch. I mean, okay. I, I do know that whole song. I just can't actually say it fast enough, so. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's a, it's a tough one. I it was like, well, I can I can get close, but I can mumble the second line there. Like, you know what I mean? Um, okay, so that you guys got through the medium section. Uh, 4.5 out of, or no, 3.5 out of 4. So that's actually really good through that segment i made it a little bit harder but the gauntlet is still ahead if you know what i'm saying okay mm-hmm. all right we're just the best there is yeah <laughs> every morning so in the hard category you guys both we're going back to both having the same answer actually from this point on you both have to have the like agree on an answer oh. and your hint is a hint that i have pre-designed okay okay so, okay first question what is the largest organ in the human body? I mean, I'm quite certain I know this one. Do you? I am as well. Mason? 
I, I am quite certain we're going to agree on this. Okay. I believe it's the skin. And I am going to agree with that. All right. Skin. Yep, that's 100%. You guys got it right. Yeah, there we go. That's yes, sir. Skin. Yeah. Every living animal has this. Really? Some sort of tegument or uh, some sort of Integumentary structure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, number two, who was the first person to orbit the Earth? Mm. Come on, it's got to be someone from Russia. Yeah, I I know the name. It's escaping me. Uh, Not Clyde. That's not a Russian name. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. uh... Oh, I got it. I got it. I I remembered it. Who is it? It's, it's... Oh, the last name is kind of t- tricky. Uh, Yuri Gagarin, Gagarin, Yuri Gagarin, Gagarin, Yuri Gagarin, something like that. I'll go with that. This is correct. It's so- oh, heck yeah! How do you it's- actually say it? It's. I'm pretty sure it's Yuri Gagarin, but I I could be wrong. That's just me giving a hint. I was gonna give it to you if you got close, but the hint was uh, he he was a Soviet, so that wouldn't have helped you. I just knew uh, that because it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like it starts with a Y, and I'm like, how many people do I know it starts with the letter Y? I just had to remember the letter. But here All we go. Right. Number three. Who is the only person to have won an Olympic gold medal and a Super Bowl ring? Oh, gotta be someone who played. Basketball and football. Yes. Don't you think? Uh, or, maybe, or maybe it's someone because is rugby in the Olympics? Could be a kicker. Yeah. Or I'm thinking track and field, like some runner guy, maybe. That's possible, but it's not. Um, Bryce, we are allowed to hint, right? Or do we have to guess first? Once you get the hint, you get a reduction to half. Okay. So, okay, uh, I think we'll take the hint because we'll maybe take the hint. I think maybe the hint will give us what sports he played or like what Olympic sport he played. So yeah, he was a sprinter in the Olympic. He was a sprinter in the Olympics and a wide receiver for the Super Bowl. Okay, Super Bowl because my mind went to Jim Thorpe, but that was way before the Super Bowl. So, I'm trying to think. Okay, so but okay. It's not Jerry Rice wasn't a burner. No. Randy Moss was fast, but I don't think it's him. I don't think he Olympic was ever athletes. a track guy. I mean, uh, there's that dude Devin Allen, but he never won a Super Bowl, and he's yeah. a hurdler. Dev, yeah, Devin Hester. Well, he never won a Super Bowl. No. Um, yeah, I'm struggling here. Yeah, I got, I got nothing, dude. Um, you want, I don't even you know. Want to give up? This <laughs> is a hard question. Um, I'm, I want to throw out a name just to throw out a name. I don't even know who to guess. Um, I'm gonna say Lynn Swan. Sure. <laughs> name his name is Bob Hayes. Okay, yeah, no shot. I was getting that. 
I need I, to play like the 70s. That sounds like a that sounds like a cowboy. Uh let's see here. He what Super Bowl did he play in? I don't know. Oh yeah. He was a wide receiver from 1965 to 1974. Uh Steelers. The Super Bowl he won in was I don't know. He was on the Cowboys at the time. 10 of 11 years he was in the Cowboys. And what's this? It doesn't say what Super Bowl he was in. Probably Super Bowl 5. Maybe. I don't know. He was at the Tokyo 1964 Olympic Games, though. Interesting. So whatever. Yeah. I think it's Super Bowl right. five. They beat the Vikings. I think I don't know. Random. No, couldn't have been NFC. Anyways, not important. All right. The last hard question: What is the root word "kerulius," which is found in "keruliostrum suricauda"? Like, what does it mean? Yeah. Yep. What does the root word "kerulius" mean? This is oh. Latin, right? Isn't isn't like cerulean like a bluish color? Oh, good thought. I mean, honestly, that <laughs> that would be my best guess. I'm gonna go with whatever you said. Uh, or do we want a hint? Um. Yeah, maybe we should take a hint. Yeah, let's take a hint. Yeah, let's do it. To, to read, it does reduce your points. Just as a heads up. That's that right. True. All right. Yes. You guys still want the hint? Yes. Okay. It's Latin for a color. Okay. Dude. So yeah, we're gonna say blue. Yeah, we're gonna get that half point back from the last question. Let's yep. say blue. That is correct. Blue is the answer. And uh, if you guys didn't under if you guys didn't pick up, I did tell you what color it was uh, when I gave you the Bryce's biology buzz because I. Use the same fake organism in the question. That is true, but I couldn't remember because you said both blue and orange, and I couldn't remember which one. Figure was which first. one it was. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So the correct the... the answer I had was blue or azure. Azure. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Azure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that works. All right. So you guys, you guys made it through two and a half out of the four points. That's pretty. That's a pretty solid, um, hard actually run. I think. Let's see what the. I'm just gonna pull up the girls' score real quick, just to see what they ended up having. They they also got a two and a half out of four, but their their questions were a little bit easier. I'm not gonna lie. But anyways, um, the hardest category is one question. And actually, I made it a little bit easier for you guys because I like you guys. Not that I'm saying <laughs> I don't mm. like the girls. It's just statistically, it's a little bit easier. So the question is, what's Bryce's current favorite LCS team? Hmm. I don't know what LCS means. Would, yeah, you, guys, can we get... would you guys like the hint? Oh, are, are we allowed to know what LCS means? Nope. Uh, <laughs> this uh, is why what? this is the hardest question. It's got to be so. I feel like it's some like mm, Legends Championship Series. Maybe it's referring to a video game. 
Maybe, but that doesn't get us anywhere to answering a question. No. <laughs> no. All right, we'll take the hint. Yeah, we'll take the hint. You can use Google. That was a dumb <laughs> hint. This is why it's statistically easier. And once you guys do a quick Google search on whatever you want. I was right, and I didn't even know it. Yeah, it, you, yeah you were right. It's called League Championship Series. This is correct. Okay. But we got to pick a team here. <laughs> this is where it's statistically easier because there's a defined set of teams, right? You think Bryce <laughs> is a Cloud9 guy? No. I'm, there's 10 teams. Um, I feel like I've seen... I'm trying to think of Bryce's Snapchat stories. And I think I see the color purple a lot. This is, I like your thought process on the Snapchat stories because that's exactly how I framed my hardest question for the girls as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to pick the first purple team. The, the, oh, the fear. Oh, wait, no, those are provisional teams. Maybe that's not right. I don't know. TLC. I bet you that's it. Or is it FlyQuest? I think it's, uh, I think it's TLC. I just have a, I have an inkling for it. All right, let's go with it. TLC is your final answer? Yep. Yes. So TLC, I'm pretty sure, is what you're referring to as Team Liquid. Uh, is their professional team TLC is their champion? Was there formerly their, like, provisional team or whatever? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. That is incorrect. My favorite team is FlyQuest. No! I'm sorry, Andy. <laughs> it's all good, dude. I well, to however, be fair. However, yeah, when I first, however, I started when I first started watching League of Legends. Um, team Liquid was my favorite team, um, but it said the question did say current favorite LCS team. So I see, I see. Bandwagon. This is actually very true. This is there's a a, a rookie that came into the league, and I've. Absolutely love his energy. So, ah, uh, yeah. Then that's ex somewhat acceptable. Yeah, this is somewhat acceptable. <laughs> so, you guys, your final score ended up being two and a half plus three and a half, which is six. Uh, math six plus five. You guys got eleven out of fourteen. So you, uh, we're gonna take that. that. I don't know what that score ends up being, but not bad. You guys got a seventy-eight and a half percent. Hey, we passed. Yeah, could have been a lot worse. Yeah, you guys did, uh, let's see here. You, you did slightly percentage-wise worse than the girls, but you also had one less question, so it's not really that. They, they, their medium questions were pretty locked down. Uh, they were pretty locked down on that. They had three people, so it was a little bit easier for them. And I didn't do the targeted questions. Mm -hmm. So It seems like yeah. you do a good job of coming up with fair questions. So I, I try to. I try. Good to. on your part. I try to. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening today. I had a lot of fun with this episode, um, and even doing the prep for it, it was a lot of fun. But um, be sure to check us out next week, um, which should be two weeks or next week for us. Two weeks for you guys, or no? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Actually, I, I'm not even going to try to figure that out in my head right now. But uh, we appreciate you guys listening as always. And um, 
It's been Bryce. And Mason. And Andy.